Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey. And the wisdom of God transcends, it lifts you over. Where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. Love is a manifestation of strength. The Holy Spirit produces nothing but strength in us. I want to show you. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. What's going on, family? It's your man, Gerard Bonner of Bonnerfied Radio, and this is On Course with Heart Ramsey. And in these sessions, we call them Heart to Heart because it's your opportunity to hear from the heart of Pastor Heart Ramsey. And of course, he's hanging out with us today. Pastor Heart, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Gerard. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. So recently, you put up a post on social media, and of course, those who aren't following you on social media, you're you're, you're missing it. Like you've you just got to do that. It's the right thing to do, just because. <laughs> but uh, you put up a post, and you were talking about things in the workplace. You were talking about uh, if you have a job, here are some things that you should know. And you ran down a list of things uh, that people need to understand when it comes to having a job. Now, I got to ask this because one would think after coming through the recession and even a period now where jobs in the U.S. can be hard to find and even harder to keep, why do you think people are so lax when it comes to their responsibility at, at their place of employment? I really, there's a couple of reasons, and, and, and this is such an excellent topic. Um, the, the whole concept of a job has been kind of distorted. Yeah. It used to be that people were just grateful to to get work, to get an income. Right. It, 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 when we work, we swap hours for dollars, um, hours of my life that I never get back for money that, that can be spent easily. And so what happens to us is when we first, normally when we first get the job, we go in and we're excited to get it. And then the the, the mundane day-to-day of the job, can be, it can seem like, I, I could, uh, like a burden. You start thinking, I could be doing something else. And, and um, one of the things, the biggest issues with the jobs, Gerard, is I believe people are working jobs that they're not called to. Oh, that's good. You know, the, the Bible you, the Bible says of Adam that when God designed him, God gave him specific work at the beginning. And Adam was, was, was kind of uh, made to do these things. And I think what's important is a lot of people, uh, when, they, when they're trying to choose a career, they choose a career that will pay them a certain amount of money as opposed to a career that fits their skill set. Right. right. So the, out of that uh, mistake comes frustration for them and frustration for their bosses. Right. Because there's nothing like having a person working for you and their, their whole motivation is to pay and, and they're not, they don't love the work. Right. And here's one way to know for sure what you're called to do. When you're working on something you're not called to do, the, to do the clock moves slowly. When you're doing something you're called to do, you look up and you wonder where the time is going. Absolutely. You got it? Clock watchers normally are people who are working the wrong job. Oh, that's so good. And, and they say, well, you know, but it pays so well. But you know what? Well, you have to be, a, you have to have extra discipline. If you, if you are intent on working a job that does not match your skill set or that you're not called to, then what's going to end up happening with you is you're going to be forever a clock watcher. Right. And it's frustrating. There, there are a lot of things. And, and I remember the post I put up. Uh, there's some things uh, I, I did some time ago 
a teaching called God's Plan for Your Employment. This was some years ago. Wow. And um, and it, it was a lesson that I taught to the church. It was, it was a lengthy lesson, but it deals with, it, it dealt with a couple of things. I want to share some points that will, that's going to uh, bless you. Point number one was uh, why you hate your job or why people <laughs> why people hate to work. Okay, yeah. Let me read them off real quickly. They all, Please all do. Have, they all have scriptures associated with them, Gerard. The first one is, um, we hate our job because we associate our state of fatigue with our present employment. Oh, wow. We, we, we feel like I, I, I'm always tired because of my job. Um, fatigue comes from having too much on your plate or from consistent mismanagement of my time or from failing to properly care for my body or watch this now from a detected or undetected illness in my body. So, so what we'll do, we'll, we'll say my job makes me tired when it could be one of these four other things. Wow. Okay. So the second reason we hear that job is because we may be engaged in a vocation, like I said, that's not compatible with our natural gifting. Right. Okay. And the, the third reason I have listed here is that we may have taken a job to acquire or accomplish something that we have set our hearts on and have shifted our focus from the prize to the sacrifice we're making for the prize. Let me explain what that is. Mm. So, so I'm, going, I'm going through college, okay, and, and I need a job for extra money. But when I get so the whole purpose of this job that I took is to help me to, to have extra money while I'm in college. Right. But while I, when I, but when I take the job, I forget the purpose of it. And so I'm here slaving at this job that I don't like. I only took it for a short time. Uh, and then I forgot why I took the job to begin with. Right. Some people listen. You took a job because you needed the money. OK. After you got the money, you start spending the money on different things. So you have to keep working the job. <laughs> exactly. Now, now you're in what's called the rat race. You're a gerbil on the wheel. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, that's one reason we could we'd probably talk about this some more. And then um, um, you hate your job because an unexpected situation or challenge may have forced you to work a job that you didn't care too much for. You didn't care for the job, but you need to work right then. So you took the job. And now you, because you're, of your, your, um, your work ethic or your commitment to, to finish what you start, you're still working a job that you never were supposed to be on or you would not have been on had it not been for this emergency. Right. Okay. Another reason we hate our jobs is because um, our work environment is, it tempts us to compromise our integrity. Right. For example, um, uh, there's foul language there or there's sexual harassment there. We hate it because every time we go in, we have to deal with this, other thing beside the work. Right. Okay. Then the next reason we hit our jobs is because we've been overworked and underpaid. Mm-hmm. And and no one likes to be taken advantage of. Right. Okay. And then the final reason I listed is that we hate our job because we are often disrespected and abused on the job. Right. Maybe it's a boss. Maybe it's a, 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 a direct supervisor, whatever. But you feel disrespected. You, you feel uh, abused on, on your job. And so these are different reasons why we hate or where we work. But the thing is, we have to deal with the work situation. And again, I want to uh, circle all the way back to point number one, working jobs that do not match our skill set. Yeah. That's a big issue. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a huge issue. First of all, I think this is a podcast for the whole world. <laughs> I mean, <Yeah>. like this, <laughs> this issue, be, and, and, and this is an issue that people don't really talk about in the confines of church. In fact, I think people use church as an escape from you know all that's happening in the work environment and things of that nature instead of actually dealing with it so let's get to this first issue 
How does one identify the things that they are called to and then have the courage to pursue? Because I think a lot of people figure out, oh, I really like doing this, but then their excuse behind that is, but it doesn't pay like X, Y, Z. Or how would I, how, how does someone establish what it is that they're supposed to be doing and then have the courage to pursue it? It begins, I think, Dorado, that's a great question. I think it begins with God. And, and okay. this, the God factor is this, is that God puts something in you, a, a, a skill set, a gifting. Each one of us have what, what, I, say, what I call a spiritual gift, mm-hmm. uh, and we have a natural ability, and then we have a personality. These three make up our gifting package. Yeah. Spiritual gift, natural talent, personality. Okay. All three or some part of that will attract me to a certain thing. Okay. Now, let's talk about the people, for, for example, who say, I would like to do so-and-so, but, man, people aren't getting – I mean, I can't get paid doing it. Right. So I promise you someone somewhere in the world is being paid to do what you, th- what you think no one is being paid to do. True. So it becomes our responsibility to research that area and to find out – we have to study the wheel. Don't try to reinvent it. Study it. Find out how they're getting paid. What what means or uh, 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 avenues are, are they being paid through? You have to do your homework on it. You have to research it. Yeah. Okay? And I think, Gerard, this is important. I think what's important is we have to find out, number one, what is the purpose of work? Mm. What's, what was God's purpose for work? And, and it's one word. It's fulfillment. Wow. um, God's plan, when God gave Adam a stewardship, something to do in the garden, it was for Adam to be fulfilled, for Adam to put in work and see results. Work did not start after sin. Right. Work work became difficult after sin. Resistance came into work after sin. But work was always intended for Adam, Adam to be fulfilled. Stewardship is God's plan to fulfill our lives. The word fulfillment uh, speaks of a feeling of satisfaction that comes um, with achieving a desired goal. Okay, so so God wanted Adam to experience fulfillment because he experienced it after God experienced it after creation. You remember that the Bible yeah. said that God looked at the work; He said it was good. It was good. Yes. So 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 um, it was a great feeling for fulfillment. So God wanted Adam to experience that. So God gave him work. Laziness is the enemy of fulfillment. There's no fulfillment in laziness. Right. So so the, so the number one, the purpose of the, the number one purpose of work is that God wanted Adam to be fulfilled. You get fulfilled when you're doing the work you're called to. Here's an important thing. Remember Jesus said, when the disciples came back, when, he, when Jesus was ministering to the woman at the well, they came back and he, they went to get him some food, but it looked like he had already eaten. Right. And so they asked him, did you get something to eat? And he said, no. He said, he said my, my food, my fulfillment, my nourishment is to do the will of my father and to finish the work he gave me. There's fulfillment in doing work that, that you're called to. One of the ways to know you're, you're, um, you're doing something you're not called to is that you're not fulfilled. Right. Right. When I get finished teaching, man, I, I don't care how wrung out, tired I am. There's a sense of fulfillment. Yeah. There's, you, you feel like you've, you've discharged something that God has given you to do. And, and there's, the, it comes with everything. It, the, the plan of God for us is that we work and then we sit back and enjoy the result or the fruit of our labors. Yes. But that's what God did. So, so, so number one is fulfillment. Number two is um, the purpose of work is to earn a living. Right. God intends that we should be compensated for our occupation. That's good. Listen, now I want to speak to that in a minute, so that we so that we can care for our families responsibly and prevent ourselves from being a burden on others. And I want to say this: this is this is important. Um, 
as far as composition. And, and please, if you li- please, if you're listening to this podcast, pay attention to this point. No one can pay you what you're worth. Think about this. That's you good. are worth far more than any job or any uh, company can pay you. What they pay you for is a position that they have created, certain work that needs to be done, and they pay you for X amount of hours. They pay X amount of dollars for X amount of hours. And what they're paying you is not what you're worth, it's what the position is worth. Ooh. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. It's what position, and this is what we get mixed mixed up. We, we, we people come say, well, "I deserve to be paid more." You may, but but in order to do that, we may have to revise or recreate the position because if the position is a thirty thousand dollar position, mm-hmm. and you're a fifty thousand dollar person, it's not the position that's wrong. It's you that's wrong for the position. Wow. Oh, this is good. And if you take if you're a fifty thousand dollar person, and you take a thirty thousand dollar position. Don't expect them to pay more in the position. What you do is you look around the company and see if there is a fifty thousand dollar position available, and you try to work yourself into that. Right. To match your skill set. Right. You see what I'm saying? And again, when I first started NCC, um, I, I was I, this is funny. I worked for a hundred dollars a week. Wow. I worked for a hundred dollars a week, and 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 the reason I worked for a hundred dollars a week is not that I was just worth a hundred dollars. No, is that the position at the time, based on the income of the church, right. all the position, the pastoral position could pay was a hundred a week. Right. And I never, and, and I work. People don't know that I'm. A, I, I, I say this now. I was sharing this with someone the other day. That for the first twelve years of this church, the, the most I ever made was only sixty thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah, and, and, and when I when I would turn down raise after raise after raise because I was measuring the position I was in, uh, I was doing a great work, but the, the the church couldn't afford it in the area that we were in. Right, right. So that that's something important. Um, this, the purpose of work God gave us uh, work to earn a living. Sometimes you say some of you are working a job where you work where you're in a position where there's no way to upgrade the position. Right. What you're being paid in the position is all the position is worth. You're worth more. You should be paid more. You need to get another position. You, you, instead of, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Instead of asking your boss for a raise, ask him, is there another position? And then, then, then you have to watch out for the people who will start you. If the position is, let's say it's a $75,000 position. Mm-hmm. They will start you at 50 to give themselves headroom. Wow. And, and they will, and they put you in what I call this, um, um, this period, what do you call this, Gerard? When you when you first start up, that probationary like period, a probationary period. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. Put in a probationary period, so that they could see are you worthy of the work? Wow. And then sometimes what they'll do is if you're satisfied with being paid the fifty thousand in a seventy five thousand position, they won't give you a raise unless you ask them. Wow. And so you have to be wise. You have to ask God for your God. Give me your wisdom. And sometimes you may have to go in and say, "Listen, man." Um, I, I, what I'm doing here, man, this is this position is worth much more than the fifty thousand you're paying me. This is worth this is at least sixty, right? And they will give you the raise because they know what is really worth the seventy five. The last person that worked that job was making seventy five. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. this is important. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So.
pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to you have to trust that God is like a person. He's a real person and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. You want to say something? No, I I was going to say you you dropped such a bomb when you said uh, that a person can't be paid what they're worth, but that what they're being paid is what the position is worth. Yes. Which is huge. So I want to get to this because, you know, and, and, and I know you said it and a lot of people have said that people will leave jobs because they keep saying, I'm not paid what I'm worth. And as right. a matter of fact... I honestly don't know if I've ever met anyone that said, hey, uh, I'm not I'm being paid what I'm worth. I've never heard anybody say that, you know. (laughs) So how do we get people out of the mentality of pay me what I'm worth to transition into something of, well, let me see if I can get a position that matches my skill set and my requirements better? Well, let me ask it like this. Uh, uh, it happens automatically once you start your own business because then you realize True. You, you know what a position is worth. But you know, one of the things that's important, too, is I would suggest to believers, especially to when you when, they, when your boss gives you a position, use the story of Joseph from Genesis 39, where the Bible says he was a slave, Gerard. He had nothing he owned but the clothes on his back. Mm-hmm. He was a slave. But what, wherever he went, when he was sold to Potiphar, the Bible says that Potiphar put him in a position and Potiphar noticed that the house was being blessed because of Joseph's presence and so he so part of it eventually put him over everything because everything he touched prospered right. that's called upgrading the position they may put you in a $25,000 position but by the time you get done with it it's worth $100,000 right right because your presence there's caused the business to flourish yeah but there that grace is on every believer believe it or not wow um um the bible says that when jacob went to laban's house that Laban noticed that the Lord was blessing him for Jacob's sake. Right. The same thing happened. God was blessing Potiphar for Joseph's sake. Uh, the prison guards in, in the prison where Joseph went to, they, the, the prison was being blessed for Joseph's sake. So that means that wherever, whoever hires me, God will bless that business for my sake. And I have to articulate that. I have to believe this promise and say, God, thank you. And sometimes I'm going to tell you right now, when you go for an interview, it, it won't hurt. Especially if there's a good rapport during the interview. To tell the person, I believe in God, especially if you see the person who loves the Lord and just let right. them know, I believe, I believe the Lord will bless you for my sake. Right. Don't, not being arrogant, but saying, right. listen, I'm going to put in the work. I'm going to work hard, but, but I will pray for your business. And I'll, whatever you give me to do, I will pray over it as I do the work and God's hand will be on it. 
Yeah. It sounds spiritually deep, but man, there are people, if someone came to, to apply for a job at NCC and they told me that, I will hire them just for that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's, that's incredible. That's incredible. And, and, and here, here I think is the challenge as to why some people can't say that. And I can't wait for you to address this. I, I've been on jobs and I know you have as well. I've been on jobs where the worst worker was the believer. Oh, God, yeah. Like, they were always late, or they never performed up to standards, and they were always so vocal. They would have their Bible in their cubicle, you know, and and, and Jesus this and Jesus that, but then they were low performers. What, What do you say to that? believer in particular who wants to go in a position and and then get upset if they get fired or or they are are written up or whatever what do you say to them to move them to allow their performance to match who it is they say they are i think i think the problem with that is that gerard people are divorcing their their um their employment from their spirituality instead of defining the employment by the spirituality. Let me explain wow. what I mean. It's, um, in our church, we teach people that when you go to work, you're representing the Lord. Yes. When you go to work, what you have to give is your best. Your testimony is not just what you say, it's what you do, it's how you work. Yes. And I think that there has to be um, in the mind of every believer that uh, when you work according to the scriptures, you have to work as unto the Lord. Right. You're working not as a man pleaser, but you're working unto the Lord. When you go to work, I give my best. I'm not there to to um, to to um, be a burden to the the company. I'm there to be a blessing to the company. Right. It comes down to a lack of teaching, a lack, a misunderstanding of spiritual things. Where we're going to, and you're right. We think that they pay us to come witness. They're not paying you to share Christ. Right. They're paying you to do their job. Right. You know, I, I think you know. Most people, and, and this I say this and it's arbitrary, but there are a lot of people who don't understand the importance of, of our job until they get a pink slip. Right. Right. And sometimes, sometimes God will bless you to receive a pink slip just so you understand how, how, how much of a blessing a job is. That's right. I mean, you know, and the things that I posted on social media, I'm pretty sure I don't think they got a lot of likes. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but you know, I, I did that. Um, for, to help the saints, yeah, and, and, and I, I'm checking it now. It got it got pretty good likes. I mean, not a whole lot of comments, but uh, <laughs> they <laughs> and, shared it a lot, though. Yeah, we shared a lot. I mean, <laughs> let me see. We shared 170 17 times. And I said, if you have a job, here are some things you, you should know. And then number one, I said, um, making it necessary for your boss to have to make you do your job or constantly check on you defeats the purpose of your employment. Right. And and here's what this is about. If I normally when a person hires you, they hire you to take a part of the, the burden of the of, of the of run the business off of them. Right. And and I want to suggest to every person that's hiring anyone, I mean hire experts. Hire yes. people that know what they're doing. That's it right. may be cheaper to hire a person that you have to train, but listen to me, in the long run, you're gonna end up having to do part of the work anyway. It's better to pay a little bit more and get someone that know what they're doing. That's right. You know? And so so um if I, if I have to if I have to hire you and then come check on you, that's even more work for me. Right. It's, it's easier for me to do the work myself. That's right. You know. And then the second thing I mentioned is everyone doesn't have a job, and some that do don't have a good job. So take don't take yours for granted. Right. It's, listen, you know, sometimes it's good to tell your boss thank you. That's I, right. 
my staff members do something that's amazing to me. Every once in a while, I get a card from them, or I get a, um, or even they, they, they'll just call me or, or come up to me and say, Pastor, thank you, thank you for this job. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and it goes a long way. If you, the company has to downsize, the ungrateful people go first. Right. And that's important to know. Uh, the, third, the third thing in the post was um, is about us expecting promotions. Mm-hmm. There is no, listen, there's no reward for just showing up. The reward comes from for going over and above, doing the work that you're supposed to do and, and doing it in such a way where people, you know, you, you, people don't know this, but sometimes your boss will look at how you do the menial things, h- how much ownership you take of, of the position he puts you in. Right. And, and, and although you may not have the skill for the position that pays more, he will look at the way you approach the position you're working and say, you know what? I want that kind of attitude in this, in this higher paying position. Yes. And promotion comes like that. That is so important and it's so, so good. And I think people, again, you got to grasp this concept that you are there to do a job, like you said, not to witness. Let me ask you this question. For the person who says, hey, you know what? It would just be easier if I went out on my own. Yes. And and became an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. How, how, how does a person know whether or not they actually should be working for themselves or if they are just not willing to be disciplined to work where they are. You know, I'll say this. If your purpose of wanting to start your own business is that you don't want anyone to tell you what to do. Wrong um, move. <laughs> then, then you're not considering the whole picture. As a matter right. of fact, here's the thing. The, the one thing that, that, um, being an entrepreneur, self-employed, the one thing that it, it benefits you is that you have independence. Right. But but there are other things that come into play. Oh. I got to be disciplined. That's right. Enough. I, I got to realize that there's more at stake. See, no one else. See, the, the, the your employer, the company owner, they're carrying the burden of your salary. They got to believe God for your pay. Right. Well, if you don't have, if you're the boss, you got to believe God for your pay. That's right. And you can't sit back and wait for it to come to come to you. You have to be creative. You have to be a grinder, and you have to make sacrifices on the front end mm-hmm. to cause us to to give this thing a chance to live and to work for you. Right. You see what I'm saying? And so I, I would say this. I would say, um, you could be, you could consider yourself, um, an entrepreneur. A lot of people do it. They consider themselves entrepreneurs, but it, but they don't have the discipline that it takes for the business to work. You got that right. And I can tell you, <laughs> I'm living the dream. And I'm just trying to tell people when people say, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur. I'm like, ah, I don't know that you want to do that. Because, again, the things that you don't – there are so many things that people don't think about when they go into work that as an entrepreneur you have to think about. You know, um, For instance, you just can't randomly call in sick or take a day off or, oh. you know, because if you take a day off, no work gets done, no pay happens. Right. You know, so there's there's a lot that is attached to that um, so that people can actually do this thing and do this thing well. Now, here's what I want to also ask you. Everybody's not meant to be an entrepreneur. Can you speak to this whole idea? Because, you know, there are I've seen uh, the memes and things that have said that a nine to five is just, you know, the way to uh, drug you from stepping out on your purpose and all these other things. Uh, Talk a bit about this. Is everyone meant to be an entrepreneur? 
You know, in a, I'll say it like this. From a practical standpoint, okay, think about it. Everybody can't be called to lead. If everybody's a number one, mm-hmm. then then who are they? if you if you everyone is a leader, who are you leading? Right. I I think that sometimes we 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 take these things. You know, God tells Abraham, "You will be the head only, and not the tail." Mm-hmm. The lender only, not the borrower. So, okay, that's, and we're all the seed of Abraham. Right. But we have to put everything in context, okay? Like, for example, um, and I, I think I may have mentioned this to you before. Mm-hmm. When the angel appears to Mary, he says to her, Hail, thou who art highly favored. Mm-hmm. Highly favored. Why would, he, why would he use that term? The, um, he could have just told she's favored. Right. But the problem is she was a Jew. All the Jews were favored. Right. So to be highly favored, what it means is God has chosen you. He's chosen, he's chosen to favor you for specific work above the others in the favored community. Wow. To be, I can't be highly favored if I don't live in a, in a favored community. Right. If, if, I, if I'm out there in, 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 a, in heathen land where no one is favored, then I'm just favored. Right. In order to be highly favored, I have to live in a community of favored people. That's right. And to be highly favored means that God lifts me from among the favored to favor me specifically for specific work. Wow. Okay? So so, so um, if I hire, if, 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 like, for example, if, if I'll use the NCC Family Choir for a, a minute. Mm-hmm. I have the NCC Family Choir, and we write a song, and we, we pick a specific voice. We want... We want this song requires this kind of voice. Right. So we know that this person has that kind of voice. So we pick this person out from among the favored and they become highly favored to lead this song. Okay. Yeah. Now for you standing in the choir thinking, well, you know what? Um, I, the Lord said I'd be the head and not the tail. Watch this. For you to interpret this person's fa- uh, status of being highly favored as you being the tail, it means that you misunderstand the scriptures. Wow. Them, them, them being chosen, Mary being chosen to have uh, to be the mother of Jesus does not make Elizabeth's pregnancy less important. Right. Because he needs a John the Baptist. And John has to be born six months before him because John's ministry, has to, he's older. He has to, John has to start before because someone has to ordain Jesus to walk into the ministry. Someone has to close out the old covenant for Jesus to start the new one. There's so much in the plan of God that we cannot just get, uh, we, we take our labels and stick them on everything and think it, it means something. No, what it comes down to is this, is that um, I, I will know if I'm called to lead, if I have in the scriptures, According to the scriptures, rather, the gift of governments. The leadership is a spiritual gift, according to Romans 12. The yeah. gift of government. If I can't govern, if I can't plan, if I can't organize, if I can't set order, if I can't establish protocol, if, I can't, if I'm not a problem solver, I am not called to be an entrepreneur. Wow. I'm not. It doesn't mean that I can't make good money um, be, being a, a, a high exec in, in, in someone else's business. But there was sometimes God, God, some of us are called by God to infiltrate big corporations in the name of the Lord, to go in there and to be the voice of reason. We're Daniels. Right. Daniel was never a king. Right. He was never a, a, he was never the kind of leader that was always at the top, but he always had the, the ear of the leader. Yeah. Joseph, Joseph was never Pharaoh. That's right. The highest he ever uh, rose to was the number two position because Pharaoh needed his ear. Mm-hmm. He needed a dream interpreter. Right. You may be just a dream interpreter, not a dreamer. Wow. 
And there's nothing wrong with it. Some, sometimes the, the, the person that's in charge needs someone that has the, that, uh, that can hear from God because they can't. Right. Um, um, I, NCC succeeded because I've always had people around me. Uh, um, Pastor Brian is my, my number two in Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Pastor Pete in, in Dothan. Um, Dr. Dr. Kalita Ford and, and Pastor Chris Ford. They're my number two. You need people around you who, who are quite capable of being a number one, but are called to be a number two. Yes. It's, we got to be careful with this because you go out there and start something. I mean, we have to come get you because <laughs> right. <laughs> we have to come rescue you from yourself because this is not for the faint of heart. I'm, t- I'm going to tell you what there are times, and I say this in, in, in great transparency, mm-hmm. there are times when the burden of ministry becomes so difficult yeah. that I wonder if it's not easier for me to go submit an application to go teach theology at someone's university. I understand. Mm-hmm. No, because because I, I mean I just go in, punch a clock, do uh, and 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 with my my degree, which I have an earned PhD, mm-hmm. I can go in and teach theology and just get my check every week right. or every two weeks, whatever they pay. Right. No, this is something that you have. If you're going to start a business by yourself, make sure ask the Lord to confirm the call. He has, even the in the kingdom, we have to be called to start businesses. That's right. And that's not to say you can't work a regular job or, or, or put in some hours for someone else and then have your own thing on the side to test the waters for entrepreneurship. Right. But you don't, don't go out there just trying to do it because someone else did it. <laughs> yeah. It will be a problem. It will be oh, a problem. You know, I, I, like I said at the start, this is like the podcast for the world right here because <laughs> I, I, I think that – and we'll have to delve into this again because I just think that this is such an important topic that is not talked about very often, but everybody's dealing with it. Either you have a job that you like or you don't like or you think you should be doing something else or you think you could get paid or, as you just mentioned, Pastor Hart, you're an entrepreneur questioning whether or not you should still do this just because of the results that you're getting. Um, But hopefully this will encourage you to continue to do what it is that you're supposed to do and to know what season you're in and to roll in that. You know, maybe it's your season to be an entrepreneur and maybe it's your season to work for someone else. Neither are wrong. It's just a point of what is actually best suited for you. What a session. Oh my gosh. I hope you guys have absolutely enjoyed this. Do us a favor. We want to know what you have learned from today's session. So if you would hit us up on social media and use the hashtag heart to heart, that's H-A-R-T, the number two, and then the word H-E-A-R-T. Let us know and we would love to share some of those lessons on a future podcast and a future episode here of On Course with Heart Ramsey. Hope you guys have enjoyed. Share this with some friends and tune in next time for more of On Course with Hart Ramsey.